everybody, Let's welcome to another episode of Adel and Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host as always, Adel and Marcy, and today I'm actually quite happy to have uh, my partner in crime over in Canada, the guy that is essentially the equivalent of laughter everywhere I go, and uh, <laughs> the man that I will always now refer to as May the Schwartz be with you for my Spaceball fans out there. You know what's up. My, my friend, my brother from another mother, and uh, my Canadian non-Montreal French-speaking Englishman, Right, <laughs> right. Thank you for being here, man. Dude, such a pleasure being here. Are you sure it's from another mother? Like we haven't confirmed or denied that. Like we might actually legit be brothers, separated. It, it at could birth. be. It could yeah. be. Uh, I'm going genetic yeah. experiment. I'm still going genetic yeah. experiment. I'm with you on that. I'll go half half seas on the testing. You know <laughs> yeah. that shit gets expensive. So. <laughs> brothers like, united. <laughs> this is pretty much just twins, but with a brown guy and a white guy, and like test tube twins. That's what we are. That's what we are, dude. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Right. Cool. All right. So real quick before we get the show started, quick shout out to the sponsors of today's show. As always, it's AdelMarcy.com. Check it out. Podcasts, other fun stuff, ridiculously good times. Uh, and that's what we do. Second sponsor today is AbrasiveEntrepreneur.com. My buddy Shane Hunter's site. He's doing a Facebook ad breakdown of psychology. It's fucking awesome. Go check it out. And the third and probably my favorite one so far is ryschwartz.me. Links will be in the description, but it's Ryan's name, but it's R-Y, and then Schwartz, C-H, S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z. So S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z. So, dude, freaking awesome having you on the show. How's everything going? Dude, so good. Um, It's hard not to go to abrasiveentrepreneur.com right now. Like, that's the most badass domain I've ever heard of. So, like, I'm going to restrain myself till after the show. But, yeah. I would say hold off on the most badass name ever. I've got like one or two title contenders for the most badass yeah. name. All right, just hold All right. up. All right, we're gonna have to have like a domain showdown on a separate episode. <laughs> just yeah. like quickly go through like on like domain account names. It's like, what do you got? I've got this. How about you? Okay. Yeah. You know what? Screw it. Everyone have a poll right now, and this is how you poll. Comment on this episode below and just say which one you like the most. Because personally, for me. It's either abrasiveentrepreneur.com or a domain I've not yet used, but it's mine in keeping. Um, it's a most excellent adventure.com. Damn, let the bidding war begin. Like neither one's gonna be going up. That's the one I'm yeah. gonna do next year for traveling. So I'm gonna be like documenting all my traveling on uh, a most excellent adventure.com. Sick. Take me with you, man. Take me with you. Like that that'll be our brothers united trip. Oh. You know, like oh, shit. I've just realized yeah. you're gonna have your kid by then. I am going to have my kid by then. But he, he's game. He'll fit no, in no, the backpack. He's, he's coming. So, no, I'm not yeah, even kidding. Yeah, like, we're taking him with yeah. us. Get him a little <laughs> Vegas jacket and everything. It'll be awesome. Like, glasses, the whole lot. He'll be ready to rock and roll. Dude, done. Co-fathering. Like, mark it down. <laughs> it's probably the best. For the people that have no clue what the shit we're on about, Ryan's about to have a kid. And uh, I've somehow signed on to teach that kid how to speak English um, with an English accent. Yes, that's no, true. I have no idea how we did this, but did you do the star chart thingy that you were going to do for your kid, or was did, have you got around not got around to it yet? The Star Trek thingy remind me of the Star Trek thingy. Um, uh, it was the whole thing where you wanted to do like check his Acacia records and stuff. Oh what? yes, we we haven't had those readings done yet, but they are absolutely <laughs> going to be performed. Um, the only thing like we're super certain about is like raising him British, just because I think that gives him a leg up in life. So other than that, everything else is fair game. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love that so much. I I just love the fact that how your other half is just so into this. She's like, yeah, screw it, we're going with it. With it. It's what we're doing. 
Yeah, I mean, that's like the beauty of having like a miracle child, like not a mistake, a miracle child, like big freaking difference. But that's the beauty of it, right? Like it was so unexpected that everything is now on the table because you haven't overplanned for anything. So like we are literally writing the blueprint as it comes along and just trying to um, give this kid the coolest existence possible. (laughs) So yeah, pretty awesome. That is pretty cool. Okay, so explain Miracle Child to me here, because I'm kind of confused. Miracle Child. Um, yeah, how am I going to enter into this story? Um, <laughs> the copywriter at mine and the screenwriter at mine. Like, how do I set this up, just really? Yeah. Um, okay, are we going for, like, the PG, the R, or the X-rated? Like, give me a spectrum of... We'll, appropriateness we'll, here. We'll just do the PG because I just want to kind of like touch on this because I'm just, just curious. You can tell me the X-rated version later off air, but yeah, yeah. I mean, just... we'll we'll do the PG for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, like children was always kind of like in our maybe one day kind of box, you know. Like I kind of had it in my like five year plan once I'm kind of like retired and have like hair coming out of orifices that hair isn't coming out of right now. Like that's kind of what I pictured, like being a little older, a little more gray, a little wiser. Um, Yeah, like we were being responsible young adults in every every meaning of the word, you know? Like we were taking the proper precautions that they teach you to do in like grade eight sex ed, um, which I maybe should have paid closer attention to in (laughs) retrospect. But, uh, But yeah, doing all those things, all those precautions and, um, and, um, yeah, I mean, popped up. Yeah, in, in the coolest of circumstances. So, like, you know, like, neither of us, my partner Sue or I, like, we're not the most crazy adventurous people, although we're very romantic about the idea of being crazy adventurous. Like, we're both remote, kind of nomadic, not bound to any one location, but yet for some reason we, like, barely left Montreal at all over the last three years. So, um, last winter, we're like, yeah, we're going to do the traveling thing and we're going to set up in like bali one year and costa rica the next and just like pretty much have an instagram worthy life instead of just being in blizzards all the time um so we went to costa rica last winter as part of a friend's mastermind and it was really our first dip into this like life of adventure that we were talking about for years and never actually doing and um it felt like the perfect initiation into it um we were walking Um, on the beaches in Costa Rica being like, yes, this is the start of this life of freedom and adventure that there's no turning back now. And then like pretty much the next day she starts getting morning sickness. And I'm like, like, what the fuck is this? Like, it must be bad food. Like that is the only possibility. It is bad food. Um, But I mean, intuitively, uh, um, you know, if we were to really go that, that route, like it just fell the line that maybe maybe just maybe we had created human life um despite all odds despite all precautions despite like all the reasons why we shouldn't have created human life um so we get the pregnancy test done and uh that comes back positive and in like total utter denial like no that can't be right we are at the two percent of these tests that are faulty so go back to the same drugstore or chemist as maybe you call it in the uk um uh-huh the chemist i both thought that was a lot cooler than um the pharmacy or the drugstore um so yeah anyway go back at like every brand of test available 
um, and pretty much just pee on sticks for the rest of the afternoon. And, um, and yeah, one by one, they just keep coming back positive. And I was still in denial and it took like going back to Canada, like on an emergency flight back the next day to finally get it like quadruple confirmed that, um, this child was coming into existence. And, um, yeah, that was back in February and we're like, I guess his life of adventure lasted a whole two seconds. Like let's do this whole parenthood thing now. So yeah, that's how it came about. It's been really freaking cool since like we both, um, really stepped into that role as far as what we think it means and what we hope it means. And, uh, just kind of a life we want to provide. I love that, but I'm going to say this much. That kid is in for one hell of an adventure, but more importantly, I'm going to say this much. I have no idea. I don't think you and I were like, we spoke, but we didn't really speak much because we had this weird playing Facebook tag where we'd like send each other a message and then the yes. other one would respond like three months later and be like, oh shit, I'm sorry, I totally forgot. I thought I hit send. And you're like, you did. Yeah. It's like, crap. And, and the yeah. weird thing is like anyone else, like a lot of people will say that to you and you know they're full of shit. Like, Either one, neither, either one of us, like, whenever I get the feeling at least that you feel this way, I know I do, whenever I read a message back from you, it's like, dude, I'm so sorry, I forgot to send this to you. The response right, is no. like, I, he didn't actually do it from mouth, he genuinely forgot. That's all it is, he genuinely forgot. I know, we, we were the worst at that, but also at the same time, it was like, I think that brought us closer together really, really <laughs> fast. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> I like, think every... Go. Yeah. You think... No, I just think that, like, every good relationship starts with a fuck-up or two, you know? Like, I think it just brings you closer. Yeah, I was going to say, because, like, we weren't speaking that often, but I swear to God, if you had told me, like, back then that you were about to go on this huge trip, mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I wonder if this weird sense I have, I don't know, if, I, I don't get what it is, I just pick up on shit all the time, but mm-hmm. I have calculated seven, not calculated, I've guessed seven of my friends being pregnant within two weeks of them, like, they find out that day and they're talking to me and I'm like, you're pregnant, aren't you? And they're like, how the fuck do you know? I'm like, I don't know. Lucky guess. No. Like, yeah. It's you just seven, have like seven times in a row. Seven that's times crazy. A row. Dude, um, that's had, a hell of a winning streak. Well, a friend of mine, like she was supposed to come to see me in London. I was like, oh, hey, when are we meeting up? Like, you still coming for my birthday? And she was like, yeah, um, I don't think I can actually make it. I was like, is she going to give me some bullshit excuse again? But for some reason, this felt weird when she wrote that. So I texted back saying, you're not pregnant, are you? And she goes, how the hell do you know? Like, lucky guess. <laughs> um, so funny story on that note, actually. Um, I hope I don't embarrass her if she's listening. But um, one of my clients actually called it because I was supposed to go to um, San Diego, like right after Costa Rica and spend some time with like some clients who are down there and had to cancel that leg emergency flights and um one of my one of my clients who just texted like sue's pregnant and i'm like actually dot 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 and that resulted in like all the emojis all at once like the most absurd usage of emojis ever invented so yeah i mean i think people I mean, in this case, I think, like, she used it as a joke, and then, like, the joke backfired and turned into this, like, crazy, oh, my God moment. But, um, yeah, I mean, people have a people have an act for these things. I don't know. They just sense pregnancy and others, I guess. Pretty much the way it is. But I was going to say, yeah. so, wait, I've got to find out which client this is, because I'm uh, curious. Uh, that was Amy. That was Amy Porterfield. So she can oh, predict babies from miles away, um, hundreds of miles away. So, That's like, one of... 
one of her hidden talents that she doesn't advertise. You know, not only is she amazing at like everything she does publicize, but um, she's got this hidden gift at predicting pregnancy. So yeah, there you have it. Secrets out. I yeah. Love that. So, Amy, yeah. w- like, next time you know you're gonna get a message like, "Hey, what's up? Am I pregnant? <laughs> Can you guess? Just see what's uh, up. You never know. It's like, is my right. cat pregnant? Is the next one I'm gonna send her? Just a message. Yeah. She's probably gonna block me. I swear to God, she's probably gonna block me off Twitter because of that. It, it's possible, but pretty much I'm not making any more like major life decisions before just checking in with like Amy on the whole pregnancy front. Like, just just tell me, is it happening? Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, good to know. Yep, always a good thing. Always a good thing. Yes, uh, now, like kind of jumping off of that though, because like you do like a lot of screenwriting, right? That's kind yes. of the thing that you do. So how did you go from screenwriting to copywriting? And my other question: you're not related to Eugene Gene Schwartz, are you? No, I think like on one interview once upon a time, I made like this reference to like Uncle Gene, like totally as a joke. And I think yep. like some people took off with that and like, said, like, did you know he's like the second coming of Eugene? And I'm like, no, like Uncle Eugene is the second coming of me. Like, what the hell? Um, yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. really funny was like, yeah. I, I yeah. picked up on that, but I was like, I know, because one of my friends, uh, they listen to my show. Thank you so much, Helen. I love you yeah. too. And she, yeah. <laughs> she goes, oh, just speaking to Ryan, ask him if he's related to, I was like, fine, I'll ask him because <laughs> I know he isn't, but whatever. Yeah. Breakthrough family trees. You know, that's the book uncle Eugene and I are co-writing right now just to like clear the air. But, um, he's no, dead, like but yeah, whatever. He, he, he was dead. It was a sad moment. I was at the Shiva, you know, everyone cried, but, um, <laughs> but, but the point I'm making, you know, just to clear the air is, um, there is zero, known relation between Eugene and I like done like let's squash that rumor once and for all yeah so everyone that's saying this him it wasn't so yeah suck it right okay yeah. so the other thing was like so how did you get into like copywriting from screenwriting because that's like I'm always fascinated with how people like get into the fold yeah for sure dude um yeah so I was like I mean the short answer is I was tired of living in my mom's basement which is like the biggest cliche in the world but it was so true i was like in my early 20s um i was in my early 20s and like the screenwriting world in hollywood like it was always right there you know i actually was on the fringes of having success there i wasn't delusional i wasn't saying i'm gonna make like 10 million dollars on my next screenplay like um shit was happening but it wasn't happening fast enough and um yeah, you know, like it was just kind of ending relationships. It was just really kind of shitty in many fronts to be, um, to have it not happening. Um, so yeah, went back into kind of like started looking for jobs again um, in the writing field. Saw something on Craigslist once called a copywriter for a local agency, and I had no idea what what a copywriter was like that word made no sense to me it had no meaning in my life but um took the interview like i went and um somehow charmed my way into getting that gig and that was on like a friday and i was going to a music festival for three days in montreal called oceaga um highly recommended but yeah so i got the gig i got the call while i was literally like in festival mode like out of my mind and i was starting on monday so I show up on Monday morning, like 
7 a.m. before anyone gets there. I have like two hours to myself. I realize that they had given me like the freaking corner office and I'm like, shit, this copywriting gig might actually be kind of important. <laughs> so um, I open up the computer, like it's running like freaking Windows 98 or something equivalently shitty and um, wait for that to load, open up Internet Explorer and then like literally type in Google what is copywriting and essentially, and essentially learn enough in those next 45 minutes to like fake my way through day one and then I go home and do another deep dive and learn enough for day two and it just kind of like snowballed like that for three months until I actually by mere necessity of not being called out on my bullshit ended up knowing quite a bit about copywriting and doing it and I was just too stupid to fail essentially um yeah so that was it and um yeah that was my deep dive learned a ton in those few months and um yeah kind of went freelance pretty soon thereafter you know what's gonna happen now right what's gonna happen now man we're gonna, make a we're gonna we're gonna have to make a lifetime movie of your of your life right now just like how you became copy, how you became a copywriter, and also um, how that guy actually had a miracle baby, and all this that the other, just you know, jazz. <laughs> make, yeah. make the job like, oh, he's a copywriter. How he faked his way into it. Essentially, you Don Draper the situation. Amazing, so badass. Who would play me in this role? Like, who would you cast as me? I kind of want to. Oh man. If only he was younger, I would totally get him to be it. Just, just to, because I know how much you'd fucking love having fun with this person. Mm -hmm. It would be Jim Gaffigan. Oh my god, I, I actually don't know who that is. I'm so embarrassed well, right seriously? now. Okay, no, Jim Gaffigan yeah. is a stand-up comic. He's okay. Okay, granted, you guys look nothing alike. I just think you're <laughs> hanging out with him because you're yeah. like tall and skinny and shit, and he's like a little bit tubby. Um, but he actually goes on about this thing, how he loves Hot Pockets and how he goes on really crazy adventures. And I'm like, okay. no, I, I can see that happening. But in all, in all seriousness, if I had to pick someone to cast you, like someone to play you, ooh, yeah, that'd be ooh. hard. Like, who would I actually get to play Ryan Schwartz in a movie about him? Can we do Michael Caine just for fun? Like, like no, no. for no other reason. No, no, that, My Michael no. Caine wouldn't be your you. Michael no. Caine would be old you writing a memoir about how he got to where he is. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah. 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 And also right. you just want you just want the British accent. That's all it is. Let's it's what honest. I live for, dude. Dude, it's it's my why. Like I'm so I really don't understand like this craze in the personal development world over the last five years of everyone like, what's your why? I start with why. I don't know my why. I'm like, it's to be British. Like that is freaking that should be everyone's why in life. Like there is nothing else needed. Like just be more British. Anyway, that's just me. That, that is essentially your entire why. It's like meeting me was like some sort of miracle then. It's like, yes, I have a British friend that's awesome. It was. Dude, I mean, I'm not prepared for the letdown now. Like now that I've achieved this massive why of like meeting my British equivalent, like it's, I really don't see how I could go up from here. Like I feel oh, like I've maxed British. out. No, you can now Good. become British. That's the next level. I could become the queen, dude. Like, I think that's my next step. Like, wait, are we talking Freddie Mercury queen or Queen Elizabeth queen? I mean, they're both freaking awesome queens. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, there, that. there is no losing in this whole binary choice. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think given the choice, I would take Freddie Mercury. Like, I've always wanted to like play an arena and like actually be able to 
not get shit thrown at me or like tackled by security. So, yeah. And also, you look great in his suit. You know, the whole like I, the spandex suit. You look great in that. I hope so. I've actually, actually, I won't say that. Say this live, but uh, <laughs> I've, I've, I've I've tried on spandex you know, just, just to just to see how I would look. You know, it's well, been done. Yeah. Well, we'll just we'll just assume you were trying out for a superhero role, role and not an SM SNM role. So we're good. What? Well, you know what, like, the best thing about, like, 2016 was? Um, the best part about 2016 was that it became super appropriate for male runners to wear tights, like, running tights. Like, that became super okay and normal. So the first thing I did, like, once I saw a few people, like, jogging with these tights, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm going to get myself some tights. <laughs> So, so, like, I think I ran once just to kind of, like, justify why I have them. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason. I just wear them in the house, you know, do, yeah. just jump around being an ass genuinely. That's what pretty much. Pretty the, much. The yeah. thing is, though, like, because I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I swear to God, they've got spats, which is basically just tights, yeah. um, with really cool design. So, not knocking it, but at the same time, I'm like, why do you exist? I swear to God, like... Most guys don't wear under, underwear underneath them, so I'm like, dude, we can see, we can see the bulge. We don't want to see the fucking bulge. Just but don't. he wants he wants to see the bulge on himself. I think Pretty that's much. what's going on. And like, you can't blame the dude. I will never shame a guy for wanting to see his own bulge. Like, that's fair. I won't shame yeah. him for that. But also, it's like we're in a sport where my body, preferably yeah. uh, roughly around my face, is going to yeah. be near near your crotch. I kind of need a little material in between to kind of stop that happening. Um, Dude, maybe maybe that's his why to have his junk so close to your face. That's what to gets everyone's him face. Yeah. Everyone's face must touch my junk. <laughs> Dude, we can't we can't we can't hate on a guy's why like ever. So you say that, but I'm pretty sure you can for some people. <laughs> Just like if, if their why is like genocidal, then I guess we can right. hate on them. So we, uh, we could hate on that why. We could resist certain whys. Certain <laughs> whys must be resisted, including having one's junk brush up against your nasal passageways. So yeah, unless you're into that, I don't know. You could totally do into- that. Yeah, that, right. that could be a thing. Who knows? Okay, so back to this movie thing. Um, yes. So who have you got, like, as in, who'd play young you? Like, the, the you that got the copywriting job that you walked into? Hmm. That's a good question, dude. Um, I'm going to go with... Hmm. I'm going to go with, like, Ryan Gosling, because, like, Ooh, I was kind of tr- trying to look like him back then, like, at that period of my life. Like, I couldn't woo any women based on, like personality alone back then or like career choices or anything like that so you know this is when like ryan gossing was like really hot like off of like drive and all these other movies and like you know i was just trying to like cop that style because it was really my only chance at ever meeting anybody so yeah let's go with that that'd be a good fit because he's also canadian yes yes and you know canadian Good looking. That's two for you and two for him. That works. Mm-hmm. Actually plays your role quite well. You're trying to be like him. Yeah, taking four boxes there. And can adapt Sweet. to the role. So yeah, it's five. And he's a por- plus he knows how to perform as well. So, you know, he's he's damn well able to like pull off that whole 
style that you had. Now, I guess my next question is because, again, you know, I have to ask really stupid ass questions that I love asking. Yes. Apologies for everyone. But no, this is actually a work question. So, yeah. how did you go from that to getting clients like Amy Porterfield and the plethora of your mm-hmm. other clients that you have? Because I know guys like myself, I've worked with a lot of who's who marketers and business owners mm-hmm. over the years, and so have you. But, like, and I'm pretty sure we've got like similar clients at some point. We've had one or the other, but um, getting there, I, I never had a discernible path to go. How did you get? I was like, I have no clue. I showed up one day and it happened. How did you do it? All right, dude. Um, do you want the like five minute version, the 10 minute version or the like five hour version? Well, we have like, as much as I don't want to talk to you five hours. I don't think we actually. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So like right after that agency gig, um went freelance like that actually didn't work out at first like my biggest client was an organic mattress company in montreal that paid about 12 bucks an hour so like i actually bombed the first time i went freelance um and while i was bombing as a freelancer um i got on a webinar all about like how to start an online business or an audience business or something like that and like really started getting more into the online entrepreneurship space and um it was a webinar hosted by Danny Eney of what was then Firepole Marketing, um, now Miracy. And, uh, you know, like when they're yep. doing kind of like intake and all, um, you know, they do the whole where's everyone like calling in from right now. And like back then I thought like people actually cared where I'm from. So like I would proudly and enthusiastically say that I'm from Montreal. And um, Danny, who's also from Montreal, and I didn't know it at the time, um, affirmed he's like, dude, I'm from there. So like, being the non-creepy person I am, like I checked out where he lives and it turned out to be around the block from where I live. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm listening to a webinar. Like that's actually being delivered around the block for me. Like this is kind of wild. So we hooked up for coffee, jammed a little bit. And within a few weeks or months or something like that, my timelines are all kind of screwed up. Um, I ended up coming on board his company and that was my first deep dive into online business and, you know, direct response copy. And he was a freaking awesome mentor in those early days to just like transition my brain from everything I thought was copywriting from like the agency days to the actual direct response online world. Um, so, yeah, that was actually a pretty sweet introduction, really awesome. And I probably would have been there a lot longer had I not finished writing for a massive product launch and gotten a stroke literally the next day, which totally um, changed the trajectory and speed and acceleration of everything. So like most people hear the story and they're like, oh my God, you had a stroke. That really sucks. And I'm like, no, it's freaking awesome. Like, um, <laughs> like highly recommended for everybody who needs to be jolted out of their current career track. Um, but yeah, it was like my first day of vacation with my girlfriend and woke up and I'm like, oh crap, I can't move. Like nothing is moving. <laughs> what is going on? This is kind of rad. Um, and it was actually this moment of like total, utter clarity and peace. You know, I think there's a TED talk on it that I've seen a few times, like Jill Bolte Taylor, I might be butchering that about her stroke of insight. And Um, that probably more closely resembles my experience of it than, you know, the dramatic medical emergency that most people associate with it. But yeah, I mean, long story short, like I was 
there, I was in this total place of calm, acceptance, surrender to that experience. And I kind of made a vow, like with whatever you want to call it, God, the universe, life force, um, that if movement and speech did return, I wouldn't waste a fucking second out of it. You know, I would honor whatever it is that wants to express through me and do that without compromise and without fear. And um, lo and behold, half an hour later, I was like taking baby steps around my friend's garden and literally learning how to like pivot and walk again. And um, within two days, everything was kind of back to normal, except um, I was a lot more cooler. <laughs> no, that's essentially like um, the, the only difference was like the only difference was everything. Like the way I perceived the world, the way um, the way things felt, everything totally shifted um, in ways that I can only describe as better. Um, so from there, you know, I had kind of like the awkward um, resignation call, you know, from the stroke ward. I'm like, Danny, I'm I'm in the stroke ward. I don't think I'm going to be coming in ever again. <laughs> so. That kind of um, ended that stint of my career. And from there, you know, I obviously had the online experience, was steeped in that world. Um, and then to bring things kind of full circle, um, on day one of my like first copywriting gig where I Googled what is copywriting, um, that brought me to Copy Hackers and Joanna Weeby. And that was like really my first um, educational deep dive into copywriting. And the day I deemed myself medically fit to resume a career, um, Joanna reached out because she had started an agency back then called Snap. Um, and she was looking for a senior email copywriter to join. Um, I'm like, hell yeah, let's do that. So joined her team, joined that agency, um, learned some more, just rocked out some gigs for like a broad range of clients there. And then, um, and then Joanna was, you know, constantly getting asked um, to refer clients to copywriters. And she actually hooked me up. I think I'm trying to like get my history right here. She hooked me up with Todd Herman back then, who was, mm -hmm. um, who knew Amy very well. And I think he recommended that she get a copywriter to really kind of help her on her launches. Um, and that was formed. And then from there, I worked with Todd. And then from there, everything just really spiraled and accelerated and really, really fast, like within weeks and months. This was all like within five months of getting the stroke. And like at that point, like no situation was too big for me. Like I literally felt like I was playing with house money. Like this was all just bonus time. And there was no failure. Like as long as I could express, as long as I could show up, as long as I could enter any situation and just not be phased by it and do what I know how to do, like that was everything and that was fine. And um, that really kind of like lent itself well to the opportunities that were springing up in a not so coincidental period. So that was it. And I mean, that was really kind of the big pivot point. And that was probably about two and a half years now. And 
from there, you know, continue to work with um, those types of clients, a lot of those like six and seven figure product launches. And um, about a year ago, um, partnered up with Joanna again and started developing a suite of training programs around writing for online launches. So yeah, that's the story, dude. <laughs> that is fucking awesome. I love that. Yeah. So, I, I mean, uh, I don't know if the takeaway is everyone needs to have a grave illness or medical emergency every now and then. But I mean, I think there are softer, smoother ways to do it. But that's why I don't actually have any kind of like copywriting mentorship program because like I can't teach people how to retrace those steps without getting them to sign a waiver that most people are unwilling to sign. So yeah, yeah have a stroke. <laughs> yeah, It's pretty much but, at risk of death. If you're not willing to die, it's not worth it to you. Exactly. All right. So by the way, I, I just want to like, I'm going to rip on someone for a second. Uh, I really, I'm starting to really get disgusted by anyone that writes copywriting, like mentorship programs, if they've not been in it or had like huge success. I mean, if you've not done at least a couple of tens of millions of dollars in sales for your clients, you shouldn't be writing a mentoring course. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm like someone like say Bob Lai, right? Bob Lai, I know how much he charges. I know his fees and stuff like that, but that dude, if you look at his track record, motherfucker has made more money than most people could realize for his clients. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah. that guy opens up a mentorship program. I'm like, cool, join him. I've got other people like I've known for three years. They're like, yeah, I've been writing for like four or five years now. I'm like, how much money have you made for your clients? And they're like, oh, you know, like ten, eleven million dollars. That's it. I'm like, and you got a mentoring program to teach people how to write poorly? Really? <laughs> no. Right. Get out of here. Um, but yeah, that, that's just my own personal shit I gotta deal with. But I gotta say, um, the thing I love about your story, especially in that part, is the biggest key takeaway for anyone, including myself, is network, motherfucker. Like, make, make a decision that you're just gonna live the manifestation of whatever it is through you and just go with it. Mm -hmm. More importantly, network with the right people. And if you need to buy products to deepen your education, do so, but... Get really good with the guy. Get really good with the people that um, you bought the product from, because nine out of ten times they're really, really simple, easy people to talk to, and are genuinely normal and human. Plus, you paid the money, so they're like, "Cool, I'll talk to this person." And next thing you know, they're hooking you up with stuff. They're helping you out. They're asking for your advice. Hell, it's how I, um, you know, Josh Bartlett from Easy Video Suite and Easy Video Player and stuff like that. Yeah, I love that dude. Just a quick shout out to Josh because he's such a badass. Um, I was in a pickle, like sorting some stuff out, and I used to have EVP, but with a business partner, I left and stuff like that. And Josh, uh, Josh and I, have, I've, I've written, I've advised for copy with him and Matt Wolf like years and years ago, and we built a really good friendship. I bought a few of his products, so I got his cart thing, his Thrive Cart thing, and his Ordello thing, which is running this podcast that we're doing right now. Um, the the key thing is like he, I got that gig, but also I became friends with him. So I've messaged him after like two years of not talking to him about a question on video. And his response was, dude, don't worry about it. Here's what you do. Yeah, I've totally got you back on this. Yeah, sort this out. I'm like, holy shit. So simple stuff. Networking gets you there. I mean, us meeting was in result of networking. I'm freaking. Okay, guys, to give you an idea of how cool it is to network. I mean, I'm getting my passport back in 2018. If you don't know the story, that's a whole different situation. My, I'm doing a two and a half month trip to the US, right? Now, nowhere in that was I supposed to go to Canada, but now I'm actually going to Canada. I'm going to Montreal to see this fool, and we're going to hang out for like a couple of days. It'd be awesome. 
and of course his his kid as well because like I'm totally totally going to be like hanging out with this kid because it's going to be amazing yes yeah I mean someone's got to teach the the legit accent right so (laughs) (laughs) just just get him to watch lots of Blackadder growing up he'll be fine yeah (laughs) it's it's nothing but British shows for you child exactly Coronation Street is that actually a UK show or is that in Canada but a British show in Canada do you have something Coronation Street is the UK thing but don't don't show him any soap operas that are like that because they mispronounce shit and it's not really well written and stuff like that. I mean, it's 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 just like a drama show and all kinds Terrible. of weirdness. Oh, by yeah. the way, just a, just a heads up for everyone listening to this. You can bring it on. Is my next sent is the sentence after the one I'm going to say right now, and that is you do not pronounce the word scone as scone. It can be pronounced as scone, S C O N E. It can be used as scone, but it's so fucking disgusting to say it that way. Just say scone and make my ears happy with you. Yes. I mean, this is an important lesson. Like, I will never forget this lesson that you just dropped right now. I think it's going to save me from getting my teeth knocked out one day. So, appreciate that. <laughs> it might, it might not. If you want me to teach you how to do that, I'll do that when I'm in Canada. It's like, yeah. Adel, how do I, how does someone not knock my teeth in? And I was like, oh, if they're going to do this and you do this and this. And I was like, okay, I've, I purposely know how to disable another human being. I'm like, yes, you do. Enjoy that shit. It's fun. <laughs> awesome. So, kind of like jumping off of this as well, because I, I want to do a quick little recap for everyone that just thinks that us two have just been sitting here talking a bunch of crap and stuff like that. But realistically, if you really listen to this, uh, to what we've discerned, there is a lot of um, good business information. Namely, I always go back to networking for the, for us, because that's kind of the big issue that we've kind of gone into, but also how just the, the core power of belief and desperation has fueled so many things like you know i want to get out of my mom's basement i'm gonna take a job not doing what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna go land on the job and you did like you didn't show up at nine o'clock like everyone else on that first day and be like oh i don't know what i'm doing you showed up like two hours before everyone like okay let's see what i can do here i've got to get my head around this <laughs> right yeah that's um uh, yeah i mean i think like part of that is yes just kind of like responding fully to every situation and not um, making them too big, you know, I think that's part of it. But another one like that's, I've just kind of been lucky to have this with me since like day one was like constant, a constant sense of like positive expectation. And it's not cause I read a million books on manifestation or any shit like that, but just like, I always expected things to work. Like there was never any doubt that like all these things would happen. And like, it wasn't coming from this place of like, forced arrogance or ego it was just like this knowingness that like if i just show up and respond fully to everything that comes my way and take a little bit of initiative here and there like this will work and the same goes for like quote unquote like networking like i never had a networking plan or list of people i needed to connect connect with like to me it was just like the bar is set so low in the online world like a lot of people think that it's so saturated and it's so hard to stand out i'm like it is saturated but it's saturated with people who suck you know essentially um you know and yes i probably did have a list of people in my head that like yes i would love to connect with so and so and so and so and so and so um but at the end of the day like um just being helpful just being present just literally 
helping people out, not from a place of, you know, what am I going to eventually get out of this? But just like, because it's cool to do, because like, it's so freaking isolating in the online world. Otherwise, unless you're actively connecting with people who inspire you and who you think you can serve, whether that leads to a five figure contract or a virtual emoji fist bump, like, um, you know, and I've probably been accused in the past of like being probably too giving of my time. And, you know, a lot of business coaches would probably like slap me around for that, for being like too liberal and non-discerning in who I connect with and like how much attention I give to those relationships. But part of it is just because I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy having those kind of like collisions of ideas and conversation and the ROI on it goes so far beyond, you know, what that relationship will do. A lot of the ideas that I put into my training programs and my courses and all that came because I actually talked to my market, not in any kind of like, can I just have 30 minutes of your time to survey you around your biggest challenge? Like, no, because I actually live coached them on the spot because they had a problem. Like that's where the honesty comes out, not when they feel like they're part of this like freaking focus group that's going to lead into your course creation, but because they actually have someone to talk to who gets it and wants to get it and actually wants to help them on the spot. So yeah, anyway, rant over. (laughs) No, no, I totally agree with that. And it's something that's really really powerful that very few people really truly freaking understand. And it, it is that idea of, I just love helping people, so I'll do that. And very similarly to you, I find that like anytime I create anything, like right now, by the time the show comes out, I've created all the stuff I need to create. Um, like with Story Selling Blueprint, all the other stuff that I've got going on in like different markets and all the other fun stuff I'm launching over the next couple of weeks. Freaking, that all came to fruition because I was talking to friends that are that demographic and it wasn't because I was like, oh, hey, can I ask you this? It's like, oh, hey, Adult, how do I do this? I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, you just do this, this, and this. And they're like, oh my God. I was like, wasn't that online somewhere? They're like, no. I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, why don't you make something for us? I'm like, okay. That's right. how that's how most of my life begins. It's like, why don't you do this? I'm like, okay, let's just go with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like that is super organic, super honest to the moment. And like, honestly, like I've, it's effective. I'm not knocking it, but I've never been the type of dude who could like send out a question to my list saying, what's the number one thing you're struggling with right now? Like, it just feels so inauthentic to who I am. To me, the version of that literally was being at um, Todd Herman's event, like last year in April. Um, You know, I'm a super introvert. I don't go to a lot of these events, but I went there and somehow it got leaked that I wrote that launch. And like, next thing you know, everyone's like counting you because you're in a room full of like 500 online entrepreneurs, coaches, and consultants, and zero copywriters, and you're the dude who, like, helped support this crazy launch, so you get hounded, and, you know, like, I had two options there, like, retreat to my hotel room and, like, scroll on Facebook to just, like, kind of, like, numb the awkwardness, or, like, sit there and literally try to help dozens of people solve those problems on the spot. Like, that, to me, I got more out of, like, two hours of just being present and willing to help people than I would have in like months of traditional kind of research where people aren't going to be as vulnerable about what they need. So yeah, that's just me. That's what works for me. And like, obviously everyone has their own approach, but I've had more ROI out of doing that than like just about anything. 
Yeah, no, I agree with you. And in fact, another excellent tip for you budding copywriters out there, go into a room where no one really knows you and become friends with people. And don't go in there to be weird, by the way. Don't be there like, yeah, I'm in here to sell stuff. No, 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 no. Dial it back. You're in there to actually just be yourself, enjoy, hang out with some people, and usually you find the right people around you. And they'll come to you, you most times. I mean, if you, like, it's the strangest thing uh, in terms of, like, a universal law, if I'm not mistaken, where if you mm -hmm. hound and chase something, it'll never come to you. But the moment you ignore it and walk away and not completely aloof to the situation, the situation creates itself in front of you. Right. Yeah. Um, to that, further to that point, I think one of the things that really, um, really made things take off really fast is like I was never initially attached to the copywriting world. Like it literally started off as something to just pay the bills while like Hollywood got its like shit to that my stuff was worth making. Um, so like that was always like for the first few years was plan A and everything. I had zero attachments. You know, like if I could just like earn enough to like keep things going and this like creative opportunity for me, no, need more business than I already had. And like that universal law you're saying, like, don't come from this place of need. Um, just magnetizes around that. So, like, you know, since I'm kind of on this like one A one B between screenwriting and copywriting, but early on, like, there was zero attachment to the copywriting world other than, um, you know, just having enough to like make things work and not live in my mom's basement. Yep, sounds about right, and I love that idea. It's funny how much that much that is a driver for so many people. It's like, do I want to live at home, or do I just want to live by myself? By myself, I'll just go do this, or not at home with someone else to see what's up. Now, this brings me to my favorite question of the show, dude. Um, so, it's kind of a hard one for you. Well, I would imagine it would be a hard one for you, but screw it, I'll just ask anyway. So, you know those times in your life where, like, something has either bombed, you're not really doing too well, your confidence is kind of shaken down to the core? Mm -hmm. How the hell did you get back up, or how would you get up if you had that situation? Like, what advice would you give to someone, essentially, to get back up and also keep going mm -hmm. and just move forward? Oh, my God, yeah. Um, I reach that point at least two to three times a year, if not more than that, um, where I just, like, really feel like, quitting everything and hitting reset on life itself. Um, how do I get out of it? Um, or get up from it, really. Just get up from it would be more the thing. Hmm. Saying yes to something uncomfortable. You know, like, I get out of bed because I've committed myself to a client project or a certain, like, launch or creating something, and I allow that to pull me out of bed. You know, I don't try to like force things. I try to create situations and contexts that are going to help me rise to meet them, if that makes any sense. Um, you know, like when I take on a new project, like literally, this isn't the invoice I send a client, but it's the invoice I save on my own hard drive and then edit for the client. But like, I'll have like, launch copy assets you know sales page emails all this one dollar giving a shit 15k like that's what it will look like on the invoice and it just kind of reminds me that like what i'm getting paid for and what actually inspires me to get out of the bed is like 
freaking caring, you know, taking so much ownership over this and so much, um, so much accountability to just making this thing work because I've accepted it so fully um, that usually that's enough to like get me out of those moments of pure stagnation where I don't feel like doing anything, like just literally choosing something, you know, choosing something to lift me out. So yeah, that's kind of my number one strategy, kind of just like, I mean, it's the same thing that really got me into the copywriting field to begin with, like pure necessity, creating an environment where I had to show up <laughs> at seven in the morning and do the hard work. So, yeah, yeah I think nice. I think like that first yes is obviously going to be difficult, you know, like to say yes to anything when you're feeling like crap is hard to do, but just like get that first yes in, commit to one thing and commit to people you genuinely care about, whether that's a client, whether that's a collaborator, whether that's a business partner, commit to somebody you care about and hopefully that'll lift you out. <laughs> yeah, that, that should do though, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think like when I'm feeling really low about shit, it's usually because I'm not connecting with others, you know, I've become so self isolated around my own crap. And by saying yes to another project, another initiative, um, another audience, another, whatever, I literally have this lifeline to something that is bigger than me and outside myself, you know, and that just brings, you know, this whole new sense of renewed energy. That, yeah. that is that is actually extremely powerful, and for the people that actually really don't get that, it it is it it's the it's the act of making a commitment to yourself more than anything, mm -hmm. and even if you can't make it to yourself and make it to someone that's close to you. And by the way, the isolation thing, huge problem for me. Whenever I get, I think that's one of the ways you and I reconnected, was mm -hmm. I wrote this post a couple of months ago, and you messaged me right out right off the bat, going, "Here's my phone number. Don't be a fucking pussy. Call me." <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. 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 yeah, you just you went straight to the core with that. You're like, I'm coming from a loving place, but you need to stop doing this and just like talk to me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I was like, at this point, I really didn't know you all that well, and we only connected mm -hmm. like a handful of times. So I was like, this guy's cool. I like him. Um, all right, and my favorite question of the show, because I told you that was my second favorite. So mm -hmm. my favorite question of the show, I'm gonna shut up after I ask it, is um, what three pieces of advice would you give to entrepreneurs, business owners, consultants, coaches, yada yada yada, on not just and just on anything like on life business writing blah shows yours damn what a question um hmm the first the first number one tip you know above everything else is do you believe in what you're doing like i know that sounds so simple and disney and i almost cringe saying it but it's unbelievable how many clients I've interviewed, you know, just for intake. And they're so kind of like, they don't even believe in what they're doing. Like there's this kind of hesitation and that's actually repressing the level of which they want to express it in the world. Like they actually don't believe in the thousand dollar program they're trying to sell, you know, and that translates into everything else they're going to do or not do. So there's kind of like self-sabotage built into so many people's existing business model by mere fact that they don't believe in what they're doing. So like, that's the first check I would do. Like, do you 
truly freaking believe that what you're doing is helping your audience like yes or no and if it's a no go back to that drawing board and how do you make it so unequivocally helpful and of service and impactful that there is no restraint to reaching thousands of people with it like that's number one to me and i think like that comes out in you know the research i do with clients early on really trying to like grasp their message and how they want to express it i realize that most people actually are afraid of expressing it because they don't believe in it so that's number one number two um i mean number two a lot of people will like kind of argue with me on but i don't believe there's any blue ocean or red ocean i believe you know you could actually ascend above the ocean and that ascension is really kind of the ethos of which everything you do resonates from um i believe that like the best companies and businesses and clients i work with operate from ethos you know they are not in you know the market of anything they're in the market of having an ethos getting people to subscribe to it and then using that product as a means of living that ethos so for example um you know, one brand that I created, I never really kind of like launched it yet, but it's something that I will be kind of working with is this idea of a full expression as an ethos, believing that everybody has not just kind of the ability, but the responsibility to express themselves fully and release anything in the way of that. And that obviously is the overarching ethos that will then translate into the different ways and modes of people finding expression, you know, whether that is through their online business, whether that is through their health or whether that is through their family or relationships. So starting with ethos and to me, ethos and the why are very similar. I think why is too easily engineered and falsified, which I mean, I know I'm kind of bringing this up now and like we joked about it earlier, but I think like why isn't an exercise you do in 30 minutes at a seminar? You know, like ethos is literally um, if this is the last thing you could do on earth, if you are going to literally perish after this message gets created or after this business gets um, brought to a place of sustainability, is this your lasting legacy. I think it really goes down to that level for me or up to that level for me. So really kind of operating from ethos um, would be number two. And number three is more of a um, tactical tip, but I've seen, especially for coaches, consultants, um, you know, transformational leaders, speakers, that whole audience, you know, who, Obviously, a lot of them are embracing the fact that they need to do this whole online marketing thing and copywriting thing in order to, you know, reach more people and sell more products. But um, let go of this whole notion of copywriting. Like, seriously, ditch that from your vocabulary. Like, um, to them, it's this esoteric thing that they feel they need to, like, um, master and understand and wrestle with and all those things when I think being a coach, being someone who can elicit transformation, being a world-class educator, um, you have so many like out-of-the-box skills to rock this that instead of trying to learn this whole skill set from scratch that is esoteric and weird and vague to you, 
just learn how to properly leverage the things you're already good at and make that work within the marketing and conversion context. You know, um, I once kind of like, actually I built my whole training program around this idea of coaching the conversion. You know, I see, you know, your market, your leads are at point A, there's point buyer where the conversion happens and you're literally coaching the transformation between those two points. You know, the coaches listening to this are more equipped to coach that transformation than writers in many respects. And um, it just kind of really pains me to see how disempowered a lot of coaches and entrepreneurs feel when they start really paying attention more to their online marketing and feel that they have to like learn this whole crazy skill set that is so foreign to them. I'm like, it's not foreign. You're actually doing it. You just have to do it within another context and learn how to leverage it appropriately. So yeah, those are my three tips. That's pretty awesome. And I agree with you. Most of them, though, I will say this much to add on to your last point. If you find it too difficult to be able to do that and your nuances aren't correct because you'd re- you're like, oh, copy all this, that, the other, hire someone. Yes. Stop, stop, stop being a bitch and just hire someone. because And don't do the thing where you try and dictate what they do because they mm. will slap you in the face. Right. I, yeah, I, I've cussed out enough of my clients in the past that <laughs> don't ask me how things are going. Just mm-hmm. shut up and let me do what I need to do. I if I email you, cool. If I don't mm-hmm. email you, assume that it's going good. Or yes. I'm having a complete meltdown and I'm crying curled up in a ball somewhere, but I'll eventually get out of it and finish the thing I have to do, which is why I put that in the timeline. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's always fun. But dude, thank you so much for being here on the show today. I really appreciate you uh, coming over, man. Dude, pleasure. Somehow we fit this all under an hour. That's like, go us. Like, how do we uh-huh. pull that off? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I was, because uh, I want to talk to you afterwards, that's why. I'm like, uh, I want to talk to Ryan for a little bit, so I'm just going to get this out for an hour. Just like sort this out. But yeah, uh, guys, go check out ryschwartz.me. Uh, hit him up, annoy him. Not right now, though. <laughs> annoy him in like nine weeks' time. Uh, Something like, like New that. Year, like 20, yeah. 2018, annoy him. Annoy him in 2018. Uh, he'll have a little baby child that will probably be running around, running amok, pulling on his hair and beard and stuff like that, and ears and everything else. That is essentially his face. Um, yes. Or follow me on like Facebook if you guys want to watch the slow transformation of me going gray and losing my hair. Like that's always fun to do. So watch it in real time. Yep, pretty much. And you'll yeah. probably see a vi- you'll probably see a video of us and a crap load of photos of us over the next year or so as we just hang out and do really stupid, ri- ridiculous stuff together. But yeah. Anyway, guys. Uh, as always, it's a pleasure having you on the show. Remember, listen to it. Uh, take down the notes that you need to take down, leave a rating for us, and comment, because we do read those. And seriously, not kidding, who has the more badass domain? AbrasiveEntrepreneur.com or um, a most excellent adventure.com? Like, come on, just vote it out, see which one it is. Obviously, there's nothing on my site, because I haven't done anything to it, but, like, you get to pick which yeah. one it is. Anyway, Ryan, again, really cool pleasure having you on the show, man. Thanks. Awesome, brother. Really appreciate it. See you guys next week. <laughs>